Hey everybody, welcome to the Digital Side Hug. In this episode, I sit down with some ministers in two different segments to process a leadership conference that happened last week in Atlanta called Catalyst. I did not expect to love the conference as much as I did. I really loved it. And as I was sitting in one of the main sessions, I thought I want to pull together some of my friends who I know are here, who have hearts for youth ministry, to talk about what we heard and how youth ministers can use that. And so I'm excited for you to hear the voices of these ministers on this podcast. I would just say, before we get started, I absolutely loved what Louis Giglio said last Thursday night in the Gwinnett Arena outside of Atlanta. He was, he was talking about his own life and about leadership in the church. And he said that when you dream, if you close your eyes and you can't see something beautiful in the, in the future, if you don't dream about something beautiful that will be a blessing to all, then he said you're not a leader. And I began thinking, what is it that I see when I close my eyes? And when I dream, am I seeing something that is beautiful for all people that will benefit everyone? And, and I, I hope that's true. I'm excited for you to hear um, several of, of the ministers that I know and love process this conference. So that's going to happen in just a couple of minutes. Um, Matt Atnip and Eric Petty first, and then a little bit later, I'll get a chance to sit down with David Schilling, Seth Medeiros. Kinsley Crothers and Nicole Hendley, and and right now I'm about to we're about to kick in with the music, um, but Becky, anything you want to say? Hey everybody, that's my wife. <laughs> Actually, Becky asked me if I would start doing these intros so she could have a little moment where she gets to talk. So that's that's why we're doing this. Uh, so anyway, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Um, hey, we've got the 50th podcast coming very soon extremely soon with Buster Clemens. I cannot wait for that. Buster, who's been in youth ministry almost 30 years, is going to give some advice to first first timers. And I think that's it. You missed the early bird registration for NCYM, but uh, it's not too late to register at ncym.org. All right. Blessings to all of you. We'll talk soon. Here's the digital side hug. Digital Side Hug listeners, you will be so excited about this. I have with me now, currently, two guest ministers via Skype. One is named Eric Petty. The other is named Matt Atnip. Guys, are y'all okay with doing a Catalyst Debrief podcast? Yes, I am, David. You should have asked me that before now, David. <laughs> we, I'm so excited. And I also, I don't know if you can, if, well, of course, if you're listening on the microphone, you can't see David Knox in the background. But David Knox is also in the room live. Hello. We were all at Catalyst last, Catalyst Atlanta, I guess. So as we go through this podcast, is it okay if I refer to you guys as Catalyst? Can we do? Can we do that, Catalyst? It would be the nicest thing that anyone's called me today. <laughs> okay, and you can, yes, you can do that. We're going to do this in a couple of different segments. This is segment one. Uh, Eric, tell us who you are, where you live, what you do, things like that, and then we'll move to Matt. My name is Eric Petty. I am an associate minister at Bamble Church of Christ in Houston, Texas. I live in Spring, Texas. Um, I have a beautiful wife and two daughters. 
and I'm a Virgo. That's false. I'm a Sagittarius. I don't even know why I'm lying about that, Dave. I don't know why I'm lying. And I'm a, a habitual liar. <laughs> How long have you been there in Houston at Bamel Road? Uh, seven and a half years now. Seven and okay. a half years. Seven, uh, most of those as a youth minister. Got it. Okay, good. Yes. Uh, and Matt, tell us about your situation, where you are now, what you're doing. Okay. I'm the lead minister at Holland Park Church in Greenville, South Carolina. I've been here, oh, a long 10 months now. <laughs> but, uh, got a uh, lovely bride where it's our 14th anniversary today and uh, have three little girls that are the best part of us. And you, I know, moved to Greenville from Houston. Yes, so, which so, I worked at the Bamble, I worked at the Bamble Church as well, which is interesting because I have never met Eric. Uh, we, <laughs> we apparently worked together yeah, for eight years or so, and I actually apparently never walked down the hall. So that's interesting. I, it is great to finally meet you, though. I'd heard so much about you. You look rested. I wish I could say the same. You guys, obviously, <laughs> Matt. How many years were you at Bamel Road? I was there for eight years. Eight years. So y'all, y'all were there for, I mean, almost all your time there together um, at Bamel Road, and which your your old church, Matt and Eric, your current church, has a special place in my heart because that's the place where I experienced the most unbridled chaos <laughs> in the history of a youth rally, <laughs> and I was responsible. <laughs> I, seriously, oh, that was the best. I'm, that was the best thing I've ever seen. I'm still <laughs> thankful to God that no no one was seriously injured. Certainly, some of us were emotionally injured. Yeah, never to recover fully. But uh, if if I had known that you guys were going to have an all volunteer adult leader meeting during the keynote session. <laughs> I would not have tried to do the the glow stick, throw the glow stick routine. I just wouldn't have tried it. And anyway. Because you're a professional. We, we blew it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love that, I, that, I'm, that our podcast, this podcast is bringing you two back together. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> okay, now Ca Catalyst also brought you together uh, because you guys were both at Catalyst. Let me start with this. First of all, if you don't know what the Catalyst conference is, listeners, it is a it's a leadership conference. It's a two day deal. I know they do more than one because this one they referred to as Catalyst Atlanta, and they may do other sort of smaller things that I don't know about. Our church staff, as a ministry staff, goes together every other year to the Catalyst conference. And it is mostly church leaders, some of whom are youth pastors, but, but most, wouldn't you say most are probably not youth pastors? Most are I not, say, I would yeah. say. Catalyst is for really any Christian leader. And the keynoters are sometimes preachers, but sometimes just business leaders that are helping Christian leaders think about how to become and be better change agents in their settings, whether it's in a church setting or a, or a Christian business setting or, or whatever. So let me start with this. What was the best thing about Catalyst this year? This year of Catalyst, what was the very best thing? And, and we should uh -huh. say, we should probably say that the theme of this year was Awaken the Wonder. Right. So, so it was very creative uh, and imaginative in its in the heart of the conference this year. Uh, Matt, let's start with you, and then we'll jump back to Eric. What, what was? And by the way, Dinox, you're in the background here. Feel free to jump, holler, and answer if you, if you got a good one or you hear something you like. Uh, Matt, best thing about the conference? Um, 
best best thing I heard was really the very first thing that happened in the pre-lab. Um, they they have labs the day before the main conference, and then right before the labs start, uh, traditionally Reggie Joiner from uh, the Orange Group uh, has uh, led uh, you know a pre-conference. It's usually about an hour, hour and a half, and I could leave then with a full brain because uh, he usually presents. A whole lot of whatever uh, whatever they've been working on for a year, and this year they presented uh, their their new study. He and uh, Kristen Kristen Ivy uh, put together uh, a book called "It's Just a Phase, So Don't Miss It." Uh, the premise of it uh, being that instead of thinking, you know, it's just a phase, they'll get over it. Yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. hey, it is just a phase. We've got every kid matters and every stage of every right. life of every kid matters. So we need to take advantage of it. And there are different needs that can be met in those stages and that need to be met in order for them to grow. So, I mean, uh, for me being a youth minister uh, for a lot of years, uh, and but now even thinking, leading a, a congregation and seeing, being reminded of the value and the importance of the next generation. Yeah. Oh man, it was it was great. That that is awesome. I I've, we've never I've never been to one of the labs or the pre conference uh, at all. So that's really exciting to hear. Uh, that is a great point. Uh, we hear all the time, or we say all the time, it's just a phase. They'll get over it. They're saying it's just a, it may just be a phase, but don't miss it. Like see this right. through. You know, to capture it where it is. Eric, best thing about this year. Uh, for me, it was Brene Brown. I had never heard her before. I had heard everybody who had ever heard her or read any of her stuff uh, just, you know, talk about yeah. her. Uh, and, and so you had you had never seen any of her TED talks. I had never seen her TED talks. I never read any of her stuff. Wow. Uh, I had never heard her speak. And what a prophetic loser! <laughs> you may be the last one on earth uh, to to kind of witness Brene Brown. Okay, so summarize what blew, summarize her talk and tell us what about it just blew you away. And, and I think what what speaks unilaterally, I guess uh, I don't know any other way to put it. Uh, you know, across age groups and and all that stuff is just the idea of owning your story. Uh, how. You know, she was so quick to jump to a conclusion um, uh, about what somebody else was thinking about, you know, because she made up a story in her head to make herself feel better. And, you know, I the, the weird thing is I've got a 12-year-old now who she's in the youth group. And I think that, that she wakes up thanking God every day that I'm not the youth minister here anymore. Um, <laughs> That's you know, what you think. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, I, I am. That's one, the story you're telling yourself right now. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Because that's the story she's telling me, David. Uh, Tbh. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and 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 I know you know there, there's no, no drama like girl drama. I think. Can I say that on here? And probably uh, not. No. And I'm learning. You know, I'm learning that. That's how teenage, you know. That's how teenagers operate. Is and that's. I mean, that's not just how they operate. That's that's not one way they operate. That is the way they operate. They don't work things out with one another. They just somebody says something, something, and they rush to judgment about it, and they create this whole story, and it's, mm -hmm. it creates division and. Then they choose sides, and uh, you know that even happens within youth groups. Right. And just the the you know the way that God wants us to resolve things is 
like she kept saying, you know, the story I'm telling myself right now is this is what's happening. Um, but when we go, you know, to one another and resolve those things the way that God intended for us to, it's never as bad as we think it is. Right. It's never what we think it is. We always create things uh, worse in our heads than they really are. So I thought that was a good lesson. Yeah for adults but you know that that, that goes right with what what you need to say to your youth group and in, in her story the the specifics weren't as bad as she had had created in her head but but you know when even if it had been really bad when when she goes and has that honest honest communication, she's she said when you own your story, like you grab it and own it, that you can you can control the writing of the ending of that story. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was that's pretty powerful. Matt, for you, what would be if you could say you know this was the keynoter that that I think every youth minister needs to you know needs to hear who which keynoter was it and would you summarize what blew you away. Uh, I would say Christine Kane. Uh, you know, I, I was really impressed by Brene Brown as well. She was, she, you know, she's fabulous, and everything she does is based on, on data and her research. But uh, Christine Kane took uh, just took a scripture about leadership, about the the spies and their call to go in and survey the land. It, what it what it meant to me, she said, you know, ten of those ten of those guys were recognized as leaders but then came back and submitted to fear and the fact right. that they were recognized as leaders yet still submitted to fear um, that's something I have to remind myself uh, as a leader but also in dealing with other leaders however your church is structured uh, you're going to have leaders and um, I think uh, uh, I can't. I can't remember. I think it was Reggie Joyner uh, was talking about having strategy, but he said we have to have strategy because our enemy has strategy. Uh, strategy. Right. And it's the same. It's the same way with our, our our leaders. There is an enemy that is fighting against them, and the one of the greatest tools he can uh, he can use against us as leaders is fear. Um, but her point was that ten leaders held a nation captive for forty years. The, the the fear of ten leaders and that that really uh, struck me really resonated with me because it, it showed me the importance of uh, stepping out uh, even when even when there is evidence against us she talked about uh, she talked about how they were walking around in in the land they have a a, a bunch of grapes dragging the ground on a pole between yeah. two of them. They come back out holding the the fruit of the land, they've got and the they fruit. say, "They've got the fruit, but you're, you're, they're talking about the giants." And and she said, she said, you know, God is looking at these leaders and saying, "I never promised you there would not be giants that you were going to encounter. What I promised you was there was milk and honey. Yes. Uh, this is your promised land." And so, even with the fruit of their, the promise in their hands, they were still staring at the giants, and that is such an easy thing for yeah. me to do. Uh, and it's and I have to be understanding of that. Youth ministers, I feel, I don't feel like I was ever understanding enough of the people whose chair I have not sat in, yeah. which in my church is the elders, uh, the lead mm -hmm. minister. Um, I remember there was an episode of 24 where president is, you know, he's like, 
uh, you know, I don't know, in a coma or something. And so they put the vice president in and he was responsible. And uh, I think it was Powers Booth, which I yes. <laughs> We have hit a high point now. Yes. Probably suspected he would come up today. <laughs> uh, but he said, he said, you know, he said, I, until you sit in this chair, you don't know and you can't know. And yeah. I think about that quote a lot. Uh, and uh, so I, I needed as a young as a younger man with uh, to recognize my lack of wisdom and that God has put wisdom in people that I can't always see. Sometimes yeah. they're going to get it wrong. Sometimes our leaders will act in fear, but sometimes our leaders will act with the wisdom that I don't yet have. Yeah. I love that she reminded us in that talk that as leaders, if we're not going to ever be willing to put ourselves in position to need a miracle, stop asking for a miracle. Right. Oh, yeah. She said, oh, if you're, you know, you're going to be asking for God to do miraculous things, then you may have to get comfortable with being in a position where a miracle is needed. And that was one of those moments when she said that where everybody in the room was like, oh. Yeah. Like it hit it. It just really hit us. <laughs> Eric leaned over to me and said, well, she's just a little a quote machine, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of takeaways. Um, yeah. Okay. Sp- speaking of takeaways, you, you, now both of you have recently transitioned out of youth ministry, but, you're, but obviously you still have the heart of a youth minister. You were youth ministers for many years. We've been friends for many years. I, I love, you know, you guys are two of the most creative people that I know or have seen in ministry over the years. And I'd love to just know, for the youth pastors out there that listen to this podcast, is there a practical takeaway? You know, we've been talking about the theoretical. What about a practical takeaway from Catalyst? And maybe it comes from Brene, maybe it comes from from Christine, maybe not. What's a takeaway from the conference for you? Uh, We'll start with you, Eric. I think the the, the practical takeaway, uh, I guess, for youth ministry is we we talk a lot about, to me, it it all came down to, to fear. And um, because one of the things that Christine Kane said that, you know, as Matt was talking about when she, she just, she took that scripture and she made it, that, and to me that's the gift of a, a good speaker, is somebody who can make, take something that maybe you've read before, or you've heard before, or maybe a lot, and make you look at it in a different way. And the one thing she said that I think that you pastors can take away from this is she said that those 10 guys that were in charge, that were identified as leaders were never heard from again. They were never mentioned in the new Testament at all. And what a great opportunity they had to step up to, to be bold. And they blew it. They dropped the ball and their fear led them to that. And so I think, the as I look back on you know my years in youth ministry, I think about those missed opportunities. I think about those uh, those times when I my fear got got the better of me, and instead of maybe challenging a kid to be the best they could be, maybe I babied them a little bit, and mm-hmm. I didn't do them any favors. I thought at the time, you know, I'm doing them a favor. You know, I'm not, but. You know, we're called to, to be bold. We're called to, to, to push one another, really. And I, I, for me, that, that's a practical takeaway is don't, you know, don't be afraid because I'm just going to be honest. Because up to this point, I have not been. <laughs> the <laughs> habitual liar has been... Ca- yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Give, give part, us- of me, part of me held back a lot when I was in youth ministry because it's so easy for teenagers to walk away. 
it's so yeah. easy for teenagers to go to another know, youth group. Yeah, go to another youth group or, you know, go somewhere or, or just quit altogether. Well, yeah. this is, you know, and so too many times I sugarcoated things for them and I, you know, I wanted them to make following Jesus look easy. You know, oh, well, this is this is all that's, you know, we would go on a mission trip or we would do a service project and all I need is two hours of your time. Yeah, yeah. And that's the wrong way to go about that. I, I went about that. That's the regret I have is that I went about it saying all God needs from you is this, basically is what I was saying. Yeah. When I should have been challenging them to give God your best. Be bold. Call Be them to bold. more. That's only because at the, at the end of the day, that's all that matters yeah. is what you're giving God and what you're challenging these kids to give God. And I just, I didn't push enough, if that's the right way to put it. Uh, I didn't challenge them as much as as I wish I would. And that's the advice that I would give youth ministers. Challenge your kids. Push them. Uh, I think they want to be challenged. I think they want to, you know, do hard things. And, and uh, anyway, that, that that's would awesome. Be, that's my advice. That's that, great. That's what I would take away as a youth minister from that. Matt, what's your catalyst takeaway? Youth ministry takeaway. Uh, youth ministry takeaway was from that, that first session with Reggie Joyner. Uh, he, he, when they were talking about the different phases, two of the four phases that he talked about were in youth ministry, sixth grade and 10th grade. And um, our job as uh, ministers to teenagers uh, for sixth graders is to affirm their personal journey. They're, they're asking the question, he said, Okay, who who do I like? They're going through puberty. Can I say puberty? Uh, I'm going, going puberty. to allow it. I'm going to allow it. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> and there's and they're 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 saying who do I like and asking even even if they like themselves. And our job is to affirm their personal journey that wherever they are, it's okay. And then the other phase was tenth graders, and they they asked the question, why should I believe? And what Eric just said really came up is you have to mobilize their potential uh their potential to to uh, who they can be what they can do and uh their crisis is freedom and they don't know what to do with that freedom so uh, offering them opportunities to uh, be mobilized to not just not just hear about others but to do uh is is such a, a big big deal and uh the last the last thing from that talk that meant a lot to me said it's not our job to teach everything that's in the bible to every kid at every phase he said it's our job to teach the most important things in the phase when they matter the most and uh i don't think i don't think i wrestled with that enough when i was in youth ministry i think i was let's let's give um a heavy dose of everything every you know every year all the time yeah, yeah. and uh i think finding the things that are most important to them and uh in that phase yeah. I, I think that, that was a big takeaway for me that would be a fun exercise for for youth ministers to pull together those committed volunteers the parents that are involved in ministry who are who are thoughtful and who maybe you trust and just dream about what are what would those things be what areas of the bible what teachings would we focus on you know if we tried to imagine what matters most from the whole counsel of god during this moment as sixth graders or during these years as ninth and tenth graders that is great that's great thank you so much both of you uh thank you for joining us on this 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 uh segment of the catalyst youth ministry debrief now i do i have not asked you a morris gregwire question can we can we end with this how many times a week 
Do you pee in the shower? <laughs> you now, Eric. You've kind of turned the corner toward honesty here. So. No, I don't know. That was. See, this is not. Now the good thing is your wives. I don't. I'm not aware that your wives are listening to to this podcast. They may not be digital side hug listeners. I'm gonna say I take a lot of showers. <laughs> That's a lot of urine, David. I don't know if you wanna edit that in post. But, uh, is it? It's okay if it's zero. No, no, this, this. Is it okay if it's twenty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's between zero and twenty. Okay, between zero and twenty. <laughs> At nip. Yeah, I, um, in the in the words of the great Powers Booth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Until you're in that situation. <laughs> yeah, uh, I asked him one time, and he said uh, he said, "Well, if you only bathe once a week, uh, then it's probably just once a week." And that's where I am. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, okay. I choose not to bathe. I have a musk an aroma. <laughs> good, good. I appreciate everything that you said. You guys are wonderful. And you know, if, if I were in person, I would give you a big hug, and this will have to do on Skype. Mm, uh, no, we're going to do it anyway, brother. Hey, hey, Matt, <clears throat> Eric, same time next year? Absolutely. I'll be there. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining the Digital Side Hug. Thank you, Thanks, David. All right, it's time for uh, segment number two of this Catalyst Debrief Digital Side Hug Podcast. Are you guys excited? So excited. I have got three people in the office. Dinox is back for another round of hollering from the background. (laughs) (laughs) David literally got to contribute nothing to our earlier podcast. And David, maybe that'll happen again. I also have two females in this room, youth ministers extraordinaire, uh, Nicole Hindley and Kinsley Crothers. On uh, Skype, I've got David Schilling and I've got Seth Medeiros. So there are six people right now contributing to this process. Uh, first things first, though, everybody, and and let's start here to my right. Mm-hmm. Tell us who you are mm-hmm. and what you do and where you do it. Okay, my name is Nicole Hensley. I am a high school youth minister at. Oh, where do you do high school uh, youth ministry? This little place called Otter Creek Church of Christ. Yay, yeah, friend David Rubio. So, so, yeah. so listen, listeners to the Digital Side Hug NBA podcast will remember that last season, about right. a year ago, when mm-hmm. we did our preseason fantasy draft, uh-huh. you were the one that helped us decide kind of who goes first. Didn't say anything. That's right, and but just kind of flip the coin type <laughs> uh-huh. of situation. Yeah. Yeah, and now I was we're getting to listen to Nicole Hindley yeah. on the Digital Side Hug. So good to be here. That's Thank great. You. Okay, good. Yes, Kinsley Crothers here. I am one of the youth ministers at Hillsboro here in Nashville. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. Kinsley. <laughs> so we have Kinsley from across town. How many miles did you drive to get here? Oh, it's uh, maybe, you know, six. Six miles from yeah. six miles away. Thank you for joining us in the office. Okay, David, let's start with you. Who are you? Where, where are you? And what do you do? I am in Sparta. Tennessee, the hometown of, of David Knox, <laughs> claim to fame. I'm the youth minister at Central Church of Christ, where um, I've been there for three years. All right. Thanks, David, for joining us on the Digital Side Hug podcast. Long-time listener. Thanks. (laughs) Seriously, David, you have been been a blessing. David Schilling was one of the very first youth ministers out there that came up to me to say, thank you for doing the Digital Side Hug. And I think it was such an encouragement to me. So, David, thank you. Well, hey, I also made a tribute 
That's right. Yeah, last with, last Christmas with Matt Donaldson called the digital handshake. That's it's, right. It's, um, and it was awesome. It was something. It was, uh, a, it was a great better. great podcast gift. Uh, so, thank you, David Schilling. And if we call you DJ, DJ Shills, is that okay? That's fine. Whatever. All right, Seth. Uh, Seth Medeiros. I work at the Gateway Church of Christ in Pensacola, Florida. I've been here for just over a year. I love working at the beach. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, we're not but, jealous. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, it's it's amazing. In fact, I, I'm having to figure out a way to block the waves from crashing in. Uh, Even now. Point. It's really nice. Beautiful day. No, I've been here a little over a year. I work with Jeremy Kuhn and Jeremy Swindle down here, and we're having a blast. And I am very, very excited to do anything with Rubio. I'm just calling that out. Well, anyway. Seth, thank you for, for actually, I can still remember now at, at the uh, recent renewal that we do, I tried to pull together another Renewal Guys podcast. And, and perhaps you weren't sitting there when I said, who's in? And everyone gave me blank faces <laughs> and just kind of hoped I would no, walk I away, which no, I did. I, I do remember our, uh, our movie discussions, um, yeah. that, but I don't remember that particular invitation. Yes. Oh, well, Seth is a good friend and it's excited it's exciting to have this group together. But but you guys did not really you didn't all know one another. Right. Uh-uh. And so for a few minutes before we hit record, there was a hey, I'm I'm such and so from such and so and and there was some meeting happening that was really sweet for me because I know the four of you and I love you all. And I, th- I think you're a gift to me, you know, from God and to the, the community of youth ministers that I live in. But it was fun to watch y'all make those connections because one of my favorite things is that we get to do this together, the mm-hmm. work that we do. And so we all go to Catalyst with youth ministry eyes. We're, we're, we're listening with youth ministry ears. We're taking it in, thinking about the students that are back home, that we love. And so we share that. So even though y'all didn't know each other, you really do know a lot about one another because of this thing called youth ministry. So I love that. And let's just start by saying, um, first of all, I explained in the previous segment what Catalyst is, so I don't think we have to cover that. But let's start here. As a youth minister that went to Catalyst this year, what was the best thing, not about the content, but about the just being at that conference and the way they do things? Yeah, I the thing that I really love about Catalyst is that they give us so many resources to take home. Like there are so many incredible authors and speakers, and so all throughout the lobby they've got these well they've got you know these experience kits you can buy for your churches where you get you know all of the speakers on audio and the recordings and books and things like that but you can just go out there and find resources of any kind for curriculum or for even personal growth and so i think that's really important for church leaders as a whole but especially for us as youth ministers to have these resources just at hand. And so you get to bring Catalyst home to everybody in, in, on your staff that didn't get to go yes. or, or to share with your church. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Nicole? Yeah. Um, I had never been to Catalyst before, so I didn't really know what to expect. Um, so I went in with an open mind. And my conference experience to this point had been at youth ministry specific conferences. And so what I appreciated about Catalyst was that it was so centered upon leadership in general yeah. and how you know, I got to listen to, here's how to be a great leader, a great dreamer, and could then 
you know, interpret that through a lens of my particular view of youth ministry, my yeah. philosophy of youth ministry, my own church. So that's what I liked about it was that it was so it was broad as far as leadership goes, but um, it gave our entire ministry team so much to talk about um, because that was the focus. All right, I, I love the um, how, how cutting edge Catalyst always is. Um, I remember the one year that they played the Bible video from the History Channel. They did like a preview and they said, "We've never done this before." Yeah. They're always doing things that um, I can take away and use, and they're always doing things that I haven't heard of. And I mean, always, 80, 90% of the speakers, I love. Yeah. You know, and I can take something away. And so I know I'm gonna get something good no matter what year it is, no matter what the conference is, is themed, or no matter what it is great. What 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 cutting edge thing was that for you this year? You were like, oh, that's so cool, that's so awesome that they did that. Oh, for me this year, um, I thought that the, uh, the Wham City Lights was cool. It didn't go over as well as it could have, but you know, I love when they, uh, when they do that kind of stuff and I'm like, how can I do this in youth ministry? You know, how can I change this and, and bring it to my group? Um, but yeah, they always do cool stuff with the, the lights and the show. And Was this the first year they've done fireworks? I, I've only so. been three times, so I don't know how many everybody else has been to. They did a fireworks show one night, which was perfect for the theme, Awaken the Wonder. Yeah. And it got me thinking about that clip in the movie, The Mighty. Is anybody with me? I know I'm the oldest person here on this podcast. <laughs> oh. But uh, I love I love Fuegos Artificiales. Um, and so fireworks was fun. Dinox, I know you loved the scrim uh, worship words yes. at the start. That was that was my favorite visual. Well, t- t- tell us what they did. The, the, the first... The opening introduction thing, there was a scrim separating the, the, the worship leaders from the rest of the group, and the words were appearing on that um, in just a really cool way. And there, there was just yeah. some really artist, an artistic look to, to the program. It, it, it just really created some, some cool elements. I, I, I was hoping while they were doing that, it was going to be like that all week. Or, or both days. Yeah. I wondered um, if it would be. That was really cool. But, but of course, it, it only lasted, really, I guess, one song. Really, yeah. really great. Really helped draw your attention to the words as opposed to whatever other elements there, there are involved in the production. And it does seem that being on the cutting edge of ministry in terms of the resources and in terms of the practices and forms seems to be a core value of this conference and the people that lead it. So, good, uh, DJ, thanks. And what about you, Seth? Uh, I want to second Dinox real quick. I was kind of hoping that was going to stay up the entire time. I love the effect that had. But for me, this is my second year. It's got to be the energy and the passion as soon as you walk into the venue. I mean, there, there's constantly, yeah. the band is constantly playing music. Um, it, it's, it's very inviting into, I, I think they do a great job of as you're piling in, as the worship begins, it's very seamless. Um, and it's engaging the entire time. I get excited when I show up to the arena because I know the second I walk up, there's stuff playing on the outside. They're doing interviews with the speakers and the musicians. You walk in, you see the all of these amazing resources, and then you go into the stadium, and it's just immediately the experience begins. And it's just two days of that uh, that high level of energy. I love that they can maintain that the entire time. All right, now let's transition. So who wants to talk about, first, the keynoter that blew you away and why? I can do that. Kinsley, go. Yeah. Um, so there were, you know, they're all incredible speakers, and they all have really incredible things to say. And with the theme of being wonder, it was a really neat kind of childlike theme that I think, you know, maybe some of us have been missing. And so I really enjoyed uh, Margaret Feinberg. She 
has been through so much in her life and she just is really she's still kind of battling cancer right now and her dad was battling it at the same time and so her whole talk was about how to you know battle with joy and how to mm -hmm. fight with joy and it just was really cool to see how she talked about joy being a weapon for us and and one of the things that I loved that she said that has totally stuck with me is when she said pay attention to God now because you'll need it later um, and I see that play out in my life now with you know things that friends of mine have gone through that maybe I've watched them you know how they handle things and now I'm looking at it saying like this is what I need now and I know what to do and so she just really, I love that she said, pay attention to God because you, you'll need it later, regardless of if you know that now. Um, so I just thought that was so good. And the two things that she just pointed out were uh, rejoice when it makes no sense. That's something that she just honed in on. And that it doesn't make sense when you have cancer and your dad has cancer. Like, of course, she doesn't need to rejoice, but she wants to. And and the second thing she said was remain suspicious that God is up to something good, which is all the wonder of that. So I just thought it was really, it was just a really great reminder that joy is our weapon and that we need to just take that with us. Yeah, and it was so psalm-like. Yeah. You know, the message of joy in the midst of sorrow or praise when it makes no sense. We see that all through the book of Psalms. Yeah. That was great. Thank you. Kinsley, who's next? Okay, so this is Nicole speaking. Um, keynote speaker that blew me away, Erwin McManus. I had never heard his name before. I don't even know enough about him right now. I'm He's on my list. Like this week on my list is figure out more about Erwin McManus because he was a fascinating character. And I'm a relatively chill person. I don't yell. I really, I don't. Well, so is he. Well, <laughs> right? no, no, he wasn't. Um, but I love listening to people who yell and, and yell not because they're angry, but yell because they are passionate and they inspire people with their energy and so I'm listening to him and I'm engaged just immediately also because he is an artist and as a musician I just connect with people on a deep level who are artistic and so as he's speaking I'm just tracking and there are several moments where I want to just stand up and yell like he's good like he is doing this this is amazing but what really got me was when he said this line he said evil men don't wait for God's permission to go and to do yeah. and and he was making the point to say like you know we look at we look up at God and we just yell God do something like like do something with this broken hurting world where are you and God's looking at us saying I did do something I made you I've given you abilities and I've given you gifts and I've given you hearts to do something um, and so I I just that that just hit me on such a deep level and with that he then went into just talking about dreaming and creativity and I thought specifically in youth ministry how I can get in such a rut thinking how can I be inspiring to students how can I uh, dream enough and and basically thinking how can I make these children these teenagers disciples of Nicole like how can mm -hmm. I get them to follow me yeah. and in this talk remembering like I have the beautiful opportunity to help inspire these dreamers, to help right. to help these kids learn how to dream and think creatively and and help them thrive in their own uh, passions and inspirations. Yeah. And so that that was 
was just beautiful. And it wasn't a let's just imagine. It was a let's do something. Yeah. Let's. It was a call to action, mm-hmm. um, but through the lens of creativity. I don't like it when speakers yell. Are, are y'all that way too? It was I, intense. I like it. You I like it. You like it, and Nicole likes it. It, it depends. It's too I, see, much. It's Take funny. It. Two thirds into his talk, two thirds, I literally had the thought, I, I don't know that I can handle him shouting anymore. Mm-hmm. And I almost went to the lobby. I almost went out to see what other experiences there were because it just, it was more than I could handle with him hollering at me. And and I think it's usually difficult for me to handle because I think it's a tactic. Mm. You know, the preacher voice. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. go into preacher mode. But but about the time I was about to walk out is the moment you were talking about mm-hmm. where he said he got so riled up over this idea that we would be asking God to do something when he did and he mm-hmm. created us. And he's, it was like the, the shouting and the anger was coming from a place. I realized there's no way this is a tactic. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to manipulate me. He is hurting mm-hmm. over this. And there were moments where he had to catch his breath, yeah, almost like he and fight back tears. You you just wondered is he going to have a heart attack on stage because he cares so much about a world and a church that has tended to sit back mm-hmm. and and you know sort of fail to to imagine to dream and then to do. So it's really amazing that I loved it like I did. You know, you love to hear the shouting or the yelling. Right, that usually. Right. I can't handle it, but he was such a blessing. Seth, did you want to say something? Yeah, I can. One of the things that was, you know, Erwin was definitely the guy that stood out to me, too. And, you know, Nicole and you had written Learn Everything About Him. I actually came to the conference to hear him. Mm-hmm. The last several months, um, I, I call them the months of Erwin. Uh, I, did, <laughs> I did his sign series with my teens, which is available online. It's it's a fantastic series, and I started grabbing up every book that I can. The first one I read was Seizing Your Divine Moment, yeah. and he tells a lot more stories in these that speak to his personality type. And R- Rubio, you hit the nail on the head. It comes from passion. passion. It's not an attack by any means. It's a heartbreak. Yeah. It's a it's a cry yeah. um, out to this sort of thing. And uh, but his new, uh, I just finished his newest book, The Artisan Soul, which this is a major plug for that book. It is a gorgeous piece of work. It is amazing. Um, I'm, I want my staff to read it. I'm going to give it out as much as I can. He is on the cutting edge of creativity in the church. His congregation, Mosaic, does amazing things. Uh, the fact that, you know, they said when they brought him on, this guy is the foremost on creativity yeah. in the church is absolutely true. So it comes from this place of passion. For me, what I loved about him and what I love about his work is, is he really opens up this idea of creativity in Christianity. That we don't have to be, uh, that we don't have to be hindered. That it doesn't have to fit something. And I might be cheating a little bit, and I'm not going to necessarily go into what they talked about. But I felt that Trip Lee and Jeremy Cowart, their presentations yeah. were exactly what Irwin is saying. Yeah, yeah, Trip yeah, yeah, Lee yeah, yeah. is a recording artist that talked about music. Jeremy Cowart is a photographer and artist whose entire presentation was wrapped up in his gift. Yeah. I love that. I think that's what Erwin speaks to is speak out of your gift, speak out of your creativity. We are all artisans. It's yeah. not just for the person that can do this. We all have that within us. 
and we can all share that in some way. He started with the question, raise your hand if you're a creative genius. Yeah. And and, and yeah. no one, you know, one person in the room raised their hand and that person probably knew he was asking a trick question. Yeah. But because he he made the point, you know, you're, you're created in the image of God, the mm -hmm. ultimate creator. So you are all creative geniuses. Go and create. Uh, and I, I, that's probably going to be a good segue for David. David, weren't you going to talk about Trip? Yes, Trip. I loved his. I never heard of him. Um, and so when he started speaking, it was new to me. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, awesome. It yeah. was, and, and he all of his points had scripture with them, which I loved because um, sometimes speakers get carried away and they're passionate and they just go and go and go. And then I'm like, I don't know how to write any of that down. Or, you know, it was encouraging, but I, I didn't get any meat from it. And uh, I mean, I loved what he said about nothing can capture, you know, our hearts like music. And um, sometimes worship, it seems like, is an afterthought. You know, like we, we make sure communion is done well in the church. We make sure the sermon is done well. You know, and then we go, okay, well, who's going to do the worship? Or, or you know, we, uh, we don't put as much time into that. And he, he talked about uh, not overlooking any of the tools God has given us. Um, and being faithful in singing, you know, whether we enjoy it or want to or not. Um, but I loved when the biggest thing he said stood out to me that uh, I wanted to share with my teenagers, you know, was using music to celebrate God. Like, we all celebrate something, you know. And he said, yeah. like, the song about, you know, the cocoa. And he's like, that's about cocaine, you know. Like, that's a praise song about right. something that <laughs> we shouldn't praise. But really, that was you know, a great joke for a room like Catalyst, oh, yeah. too. But it's so true. Keep going. Oh, and we, we all praise something, you know, whether it's, you know, isn't she lovely? He mentioned that too. Like, yeah. that's a praise song about you know, Stevie Wonder's daughter. And so we're, we either praise something we shouldn't or we praise ourselves and we should be praising praising God and being faithful in that. Um, so, I mean, really enjoyed what he said and was thinking, like, can I use this video, you know, and show part of this to my teenagers? Because like, they don't, you know, this is something I think they would really get from it. So he was probably my, my favorite speaker. For that reason. Let, let me transition now. Nothing was directly aimed at youth ministers. I want you to help us contextualize some of these things. And you don't have to talk about the person that you just mentioned, but what was one youth ministry takeaway from from the, the weekend? And let's go in reverse order. Is that cool, David? We'll start with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, good. No, um, the, the Apple guy, you know, Guy Kawasaki. Yeah, Kawasaki, he, yes, yeah. yes. I mean, his his was, I mean, I love that he, um, you know, was an Apple guy and made fun of PCs. Like, he never let up on the <laughs> PC. Oh, and, that was uh, so funny. The guy next to me was using, you know, like an Android tablet thing, and I've got my iPad out, and I was like, this guy doesn't care, you know. <laughs> right. But, uh, no, love, I mean, half of the, he gave 11 points, um, you know, just for presenting yeah. and for, um, you know, really just any ministry or leadership or even business. You know, he said, here's some, some good takeaways. Um, and, I mean, the biggest ones were, you know, mantra over um a message, you know, or a mission, yeah. you know, and how, how often do we have these really long things that explain what we do well, but no one, no one gets it, you know, I'm sitting there going, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, three letters, or, or th not three letters, three words that explain what, you know, yeah, your yeah. goal is, um, his, yeah, he his, said two or three words, mm -hmm. yeah, um, and then his also, uh, when he said, you know, don't let the, uh, the bozosity, you know, get in the way, don't let the bozos, the people yeah. that don't believe in what's going on, you know. Okay, and he uh, described two kinds of bozos. Tell us the tell us about the two kinds of bozos that we'll run into. Um, he talked about the bozos that uh, like don't believe in what's going on. Like, uh, was it? Let's see. Western Union had a chance to buy the telephone. Yeah. They're like, nah, we don't need that. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not going to work. And uh, also, like, why would someone ever ever want that? Like, why would ever why would someone ever want a computer in their home? Like, that's that's silly. You know, why would someone dream of doing that. Sometimes bozos don't look like actual bozos. They look like the most successful people in the world, 
but they fail to have the imagination that would provide a possibility that something new could be a blessing. So the bozosity was awesome. Yeah, well, it fit perfect with wonder, you know. Yeah, yeah. The conference. Mm -hmm. Good, good. Uh, Seth? Uh, for me, the big takeaway, and it's something I've been actually trying to do with my youth group, is opening up the ability of creativity. And this is where Jeremy Cowart's presentation really rocked me because if you really listen to just what he was saying, he's not necessarily a great speaker, but what he did is he used all of the mediums in which he was creative to share a story mm -hmm. and then to show what he was doing. So for me, it's this idea, and, I, and I've been trying to do this with my group. I have several teens that are artists. I'm really trying to find avenues in which their art can, can be used during our worship. And I've got a lot of teens that, uh, that, that love to uh, write poetry. So I'm actually challenging them to write their own worship songs that we'll start singing in our group. Mm -hmm. I mean, we will create our own uh, worship songs. And then for those that uh, might not have that artistic aspect is, you know, what is some way that you can connect that might be off the beaten path? Uh, so for me, it's all about imagination. It was all about, it really was awaken the wonder. What is this way that I can have each and every one of my teens connect with the Creator God in an intimate way to them that we can share as, as, as a body? And I felt that, I felt that the, whole, the whole of Catalyst just pointed towards that idea. I really loved it. And Seth, Jeremy's story blew me away too. Specifically, before he became a world-renowned photographer that's changing the the world and and blessing the kingdom of God he he was failing out of school and right. he was considered right. by our educational system to be a moron which yeah. he said about himself he said I I was bona fide moron I mean I could not make the grade and so what you're talking about doing is beautiful especially when we think about the possibility that the student in our group that might be frowned on the most by our society or by the structures that are in place to judge them or to reward them, you know, that yeah. those students might possibly change the world if we That's gave right. them an avenue to do that. Yeah. So that is awesome. I, yeah, I don't want them to see their art and creativity as separate yeah. from their purpose and who they are in God. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. Nicole. Okay, with the theme of wonder. I kept thinking about how do I measure success in my youth ministry because something that stuck out to me from the very beginning was Andy Stanley said we have to be people that are turning our hows into wows so when yeah. people approach you with an idea instead of saying how is that even possible it's just saying wow just just being impressed with their creativity and and I find that I have a fear of failure that I carry into youth ministry and I try to measure everything I do on some success scale yeah. and so that poses a big problem whenever students ask me can we do this because it goes through a filter of is that possible how will that reflect on me as a minister if this fails what if it totally bombs and nobody shows up what if it bombs and and I have to clean up the pieces from this like <laughs> I be, and it's not because I want things to be perfect it, for the sake of being perfect it's because I do love these students and I love these people in this ministry however it is this is that's wrong it's just wrong and so i was challenged as a youth minister to think through uh how am am i making myself approachable to students who have creative ideas do i do i carry with me an air of i want to hear what you have to say yeah um because that's the first step like i need to 
be approachable and and give off a vibe that says I want to hear any and every idea you have and then secondly how am I responding to the ideas of our teenagers is it with a wow you are incredible like you're a dreamer this is this is amazing or am I jumping to logistics you know yeah. first thing yeah. and, and and discouraging them and so that's that was a huge takeaway for me was First of all, how am I measuring success in youth ministry? Because honestly, success isn't measurable by normal standards in ministry period, especially not with teenagers. That's not okay. And then secondly, just taking the approach of, I want to encourage every ounce of creativity that these kids have um, in the way that I lead them. That's great. (laughs) Kidsley? Yeah, okay, so my big takeaway actually comes from Christine Kane. And side note on that, if you're allowed to have a preacher crush, it's her for me. (laughs) She just... And it's, you know, and God is still, you know, God is still above, but she listens on behalf of the Lord so well. And just, I connect with things that she says so well. So one thing that she said that I'm really going to take into my ministry is that our attitude and our perspective can change people's destiny. She said that. And when I first, I was like, is that like heavenly destiny? But what she was talking about was that. Um, it can change their mission and their purpose in life. And she was preaching out of numbers and talking about how some some of the disciples had at that time were, you know, crushing other people's destiny to yeah. enter this land because of their perspective and their attitude towards it. And I feel like it's easy in our jobs to get bogged down by, um, you know, the politics in our churches or whatever is going on that's so easy to lose focus on our students and on the fact that our attitudes can affect what God would be doing through them if we would just be open to it and if we would just be ready for the Holy Spirit to work in them as well as us. And yeah. so that really affected me that it does matter how we speak to our students and it does matter our attitude towards them and even what Nicole is saying with their ideas and their dreams. Our attitudes affect that for them and ultimately for the kingdom of God. It, she said our job is to believe that God is who he said he is and, and that he can do what he said he's going to do so yeah. what a great takeaway to to live that out and to let that you know just kind of seep out and, and to exude that in our churches and in our in our ministries okay there's a button in front of you if you press it then you have to go to catalyst next year it, you have to go no matter what comes up between now and then no matter what is happening at the time, uh, even if Walking Dead actually happens, okay, and, and Georgia is overrun with zombies, you're going to Catalyst no matter what if you press the button. If you do not press the button, then you may not attend Catalyst next year or the year after. What, what do you do? Well, the zombies kind of make me nervous. However... I really would maybe fight him a little bit to go to Catalyst again because <laughs> it's so great. good. If Christine yes. Kane is there, Kinsley's <laughs> going to yes. make it. Yes, she will so. fight the zombies. So you're pushing the yeah. button. Pushing it. I'm pushing the button. Okay. For sure. I loved it. Yeah. Awesome. I'm pushing the button. What about you guys? Okay, okay. If if I don't push the button, do I like get to use the audio that you guys bring home, or is ah. it like, yes, totally, totally, totally. Uh, loophole? Yeah. That's so correct. Cool. Um, I I would not push the button. Okay. Um, because I mean I love Catalyst, and uh, and it's I've gone three years in a row and want to continue to go, but I mean ten years from now, you know I don't know if Catalyst is going to be what it is today. Right, um, right. You know, 15 years from now, and so I don't want to, um, if it's not going to bless my ministry in 10 years, I don't want to go, but it okay. does right now, so. Good good point, Seth. Push the button. Um, 
I'm pressing the button. You're pressing yeah. the button. Yeah. If I didn't <laughs> press the button, my wife would be so mad at me because she gets to come with me. Ah. Right, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I saw your wife there. That was so fun. In fact, multiple members of your staff had spouses with them. Oh, yeah. Which we was bring so all great, especially for a dreaming theme as you, you're going to go home and dream about how to pull these things off. Um, okay, so now DJ Shields. Does it change things if they invite you to be the DJ next year? Ooh. That's part of the button push. Um, I would they not had a, know they had they a DJ. Had one. <laughs> it's, it's my initials. It's me, they're like, oh, oh so DJ you're not is it your, your rapper name? You're not an actual oh. DJ? Oh. It's, it's okay. just my initials. Well, Twitter, it's everything. It's you, Twitter. I everyone can find me. I think I would, and I, I actually, just full disclosure here, I, I went, I did not know I would love it. I've been I've been twice before and I liked it. This was the first year that I felt like every time I walked into the main session, God God was hammering me with something powerful and amazing. So I am really excited about going to Catalyst uh, again, more so than I have you know in the past. However, as a father of three, not knowing what's going to be happening with with my family next year, I probably could not press the button. Aww. So I'm sorry to everyone involved. Well. Uh, but that's hey, listen, that's the magic hey, of the button. How binding is this? My goodness! I, don't, well, I, I take these <laughs> questions very seriously. It's is it's, Catalyst going to know what we said? That, that, really? Probably, probably not. Okay. I'm going to assume. Although Andy, if you're listening, you rocked it, bruh. David, he rocked it. Why did you have to he say? He was awesome. I don't. He's probably not going to listen to the podcast. No, yeah, probably Great. not. Okay. Hey, <laughs> listen. Can I start some music and we hug? Let's hug. Hug around. Y'all act like you're hugging there on the on the Skype Yay, screen. We, oh, this was so fun. Yes, DJ Shields and Nicole and Seth Kinsley. Hey, David Knox, anything you want to shout from the background? <laughs> yes, we've had such a fun time debriefing Catalyst. Uh, we'll do it again next year. Thank you, uh, listening audience. And glory to God, let's put these things into practice in our ministries. Ready? All right. And break. break.